technically the rules say dogs can't play. Wait, no, no. There's nothing in the rule book that says dogs can't play. Yeah, that's what I just said. Check the check the tapes. We'll check the tapes. Okay, here's where y'all are so wrong because y'all are idiots. Oh no. I know it's available, but why? There's so many other things available. First of all, it's artisanal, okay? I don't want to hear it. One of your hosts spent nine hours this week watching the Godfather series to atone for his <laughs> sins. <laughs> what are you? doing so stupid of you so stupid of all of you handsome drew did as well are you drew with the you obviously he's drew with the you okay my handsome drew. <laughs> i don't spell it's my name with a u what are you talking about <sighs> what's wrong with you i'm so angry at everyone here oh i was not listening <laughs> <laughs> that is very apparent to everyone on the podcast that you were not listening this is not the podcast you deserve Welcome to another episode of Not the Podcast You Deserve. I'm your host tonight, Drew Crawford, accompanied as always by my other co-hosts, Kyle Cox and Drew Allen. But tonight we also have a very special guest star for you, my friend and former roommate, Scott Terrell. Say hi to the folks, Scott. Hello. I'm honored to be part of the Not the Podcast You Deserve. You know, um, I'm excited about the topics for tonight. Yeah, Drew. Freshman or sophomore year roommates going all the way to Baylor, second bear shout out. So I'm honored to be here, man. Uh, it started of off yeah. so well, and now we just have a tailspin. We're just tough. we're pandering to our audience, Kyle. All right, They're like half of them are Baylor Bears. Um, <laughs> no, but so so Scott uh, is serving a very special purpose for us tonight. Uh, not only is he a friend and sometime listener of the podcast, I hear, but he uh, also played collegiate golf. Uh, and he's also a fan of movies, and I know this because we were roommates together. But it brings our topic together perfectly tonight as we talk about golf movies. Uh, part of the reason that we wanted to talk about it is the Masters happened very recently, uh, a very well-known golf tournament. And it seems like every time the Masters comes up, everybody just gets golf crazy, gets a little golf frenzy. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's very easy to look at everybody on television and go, I can do that. Uh, <laughs> I fool myself into thinking it all the time. I've played golf all my life and have thought, uh, it shouldn't be this hard. <laughs> Why, dear God, is it this hard? Uh, and they make it look so easy. But every time you know, I see the Masters, it gives me false hope. Um, and then it makes me want to go watch some of my favorite golf movies. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. I played a lot of Golden Tee during the Masters <laughs> run there. So I feel like I'm caught up to speed. I, I feel like I'll be able to contribute quite a bit. I got a a question. You've you've put this idea in my head. Is is there like a noticeably di- more difficult time to find a tea time after the Masters? Kind of like going to the gym after in January. <laughs> January yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. I I bet uh, golf teachers are probably like hiking their rakes uh, their yeah, yeah, right after. Uh, I would yeah, say like, it might depend on what part of the country you live in too, because you live down here in Texas, like we do. We get to play golf all year round, but like I got buddies up yeah, in the Northeast yeah. and you know the Midwest, they're still getting snow and it's April. So I oh, think no. it just kind of depends on the region too. But yes, overall, probably, um, you know, in my mind, the Masters used to kick off spring. It's like the spring mm. forward. That, yeah. That's generally when you spring forward. You see the azaleas. It's a beautiful thing. But then the players switched over to March too. So I don't know if that's the official kickoff for spring too. But in my mind, I'm still keeping it to be the Masters. Yeah, All right. uh, that 
yeah, the Masters and Daylight Savings Time. Like, when those two events happen, I'm, like, changing of the seasons. It's time. Uh, <laughs> but now Daylight Savings Time is going away, so I only have the Masters. So that's my only changing of... Uh, it's, like, Groundhog Day for me. Uh, <laughs> if if Jordan best. Spieth doesn't make the cut, I get six more weeks of winter. So... Uh, <laughs> Hey, big shout out to Scotty Shepherd though winning the Masters. I mean, Dallas guy too. Like he just put on an absolute clinic. I mean, the four putt to win the Masters is that like? Oh, could you believe it's it? It's a power play at that point, right? <laughs> yeah, awesome. you gotta love it. The fact that he could have <laughs> taken lose. two more putts and still won it. Uh, but uh, so as you might have gathered already, Scott knows a little bit of what he's talking about. Uh, Scott actually hosted his own uh, golf podcast. Uh, three under par. I highly recommend everybody check it out. It, it's very good, and uh, I think you guys are maybe talking about kicking it back up. Yeah, so three under par pod. Uh, I still I'm still pretty active on Twitter there. So at three under par pod, the number three. I still tweet out stuff every now and then. Um, yeah, just life has kind of gotten busy for us, me, me and my two co-hosts. But I actually ran into him the other day, and I think we were talking about revamping revamping the pod a little bit so because i still own the rss feed so it's it's fine <laughs> <laughs> we got it well it's the master's well, fever and then is. also i'm really glad that you got to break the news of that on our show i feel that's fitting for some uh, reason so <laughs> i think that's that's great um and 15 uh, I, I people actually, are going to be very excited <laughs> <laughs> i uh, the only really following i did of the masters was your live tweeting of the masters so i appreciate you for keeping me uh informed as to who was hitting the ball well, which I think is a good thing. He hit it hard. He hit it hard. Like John Daly said, hit it hard. And if you need a guest host, you know, I just want you to know I have recently just hit under 100. So. There we go. Golf clap. Hey, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, so to, well, to kick something. off tonight, uh, to, to kick off tonight, I thought we might just first go around and, and just. With the topic of golf movies, you know, uh, there aren't a ton out there, just to be fair. Yeah, there aren't a ton of good ones, I should say. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't think we'll be doing a lot of talking of Caddyshack 2 on this podcast. <laughs> uh, Let me cross out that maybe, part of my notes. Okay, perfect. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut the legs out from under you. But, uh, <laughs> but I, Well, actually, I before it, you go into that real quick, Drew, can I ask Scott a question? Yeah, please. Uh, Scott, as a former college football coach and former football player, it was really hard. It still is really hard for me to watch football movies because it's nearly impossible to do football well on film. Um, so does that translate to you as a former collegiate golfer? Like, I, I imagine it's simpler to get that on film, but I don't, I don't know. So is it, it, is it done well often or is it more like every once in a blue moon you get a, you get a good yeah, one? Yeah, I think Drew kind of said it best that there aren't that many to choose from to begin with. And okay. really, because I even Googled this, like, what are the golf movies? Like, I think I know what they are, but, like, in case I missed any. And all of them, a majority of the movies are very satirical takes on golf. Yeah. There's only one that is actually about golf that is pretty serious, and that's the greatest game ever played. And okay. I think that movie is actually really well done, especially considering that was back in 2005. That doesn't feel that long ago, but that was – 17 years ago now that movie came out <laughs> wow so, yeah a young shia labeouf a young shia labeouf yeah. but apparently he had never played golf before too beside uh before taking that role 
And so, yeah, like you can tell, like he worked really hard to get to that point. So like, is that the swing of a major championship winner that beat Harry Varden? No. But am I, is that going to make him upset? No, because it's a movie. Um, but then there's like that Bobby Jones movie, which is just objectively terrible. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that is not good. Yeah, it's just not good. So Kyle, to answer your question, it doesn't really bother me because there's really only one to choose from and it's not that bad because uh, the okay. rest of like 10 Cup, Happy Gilmore, Caddyshack, all satirical takes on golf, more just kind of golf culture than anything. So it's interesting that you said that about the swing, because I was like, it can't be that hard to depict. But it's like, when I see a quarterback throw a ball in a movie or a TV show, like, instantly out, because there, very few have ever actually done it, like, <laughs> made it look like an actual athlete was throwing a ball. So that makes sense on the swing, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that was going to be one of the things I pointed out as well, is that, like, it, for most sports, there's a very set way to do stuff. Like, if you're going to throw a ball, you do it exactly like this. And if you're the one person who doesn't do it like that, like if you're a submarine pitcher in baseball, like you're a novelty. Like it's crazy that you broke the norm, that you did it slightly different than somebody else. Whereas golf, everybody's swing is very different. Like John Rahm takes like, looks like he's taking like a half swing. And John Daly takes like giant swings behind his neck and then like hits it off of a can of beer like it like <laughs> it, it, it well look Jim, at scotty Furyk does yeah, yeah i mean scotty yeah, shepherd looks like he's slipping every time he hits the golf ball but he, he yeah. won the masters by two with the four putt like so yeah well, so that's why i'm not gonna get too hung up on the swing because not everybody swings looks like tiger woods or adam scott's yeah i yeah. like guys who we, we 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 say it you play golf instead of play golf swing so like people are chasing the golf mm. swing can get lost in that. So that's why, yes, anybody, swing your swing. So I'm not going to get hung up on it. As long as you got okay, good cool. action. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it might look funky. I mean, look at Matthew Wolf, for example. That guy, like, has a little hitch before he goes, and it's the most absurd Whoa. swing. And, but, you know, he gets the ball in the hole. It's all that matters. I mean, like, he's got to have the loosest, he's got, like, Shakira hips out there. On <laughs> They don't lie. You know, they're out there throwing it. But, uh, yeah, it's, to me, it's the difference between, uh, you know, golf is all about just getting back to the ball. and it, It's why Happy Gilmore, as ridiculous as it is, is somewhat plausible because everybody has gone out to a range at some point and tried the Happy Gilmore swing. Everybody mm-hmm. who's ever picked up a golf club has taken a full running start at it <laughs> and then just like turned at the last second and hit it. And if you do it enough times, you actually will hit the ball and you will hit it straight. Uh, so, like, you can actually hit that ball and hit that swing, which makes it plausible. Whereas Challenge other people accepted. in other, you know, football movies, they, like, chest pass it to people. And you're like, All right, well, that's just not going to work. So, oh, oh, man. Sorry. There was somebody who did that in a PJ Tour tournament. It was the, um, gosh, I forgot. I think it was the New Orleans tournament, the Zurich. Because they, because they implement, because that's the team event, and they do walk-up music now, and so I think some person <laughs> who was completely out of the mix, maybe it was like John Peterson before he retired, did a Happy Gilmore off the first tee and just piped it three twenty down yeah. the middle, just nailed what? it. <laughs> and it'll actually you're making me want to watch golf now. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's the anomaly. Uh, that, yeah, like another story I've I've heard over the years is like uh, Bubba Watson when he made that 
miraculous hook shot at the Masters, like back behind a tree, and he, he hit that huge draw. Uh, he took some people back there a few years later, and they were like, this is where it was. There's no way you did it. Like, do it again. He's like, well, I don't have my clubs on me. And somebody handed him – he's a left-handed player. Someone handed him a right-handed club, and he turned it upside down and then did the exact same swing with a upside-down club and still made it on the green. And it's like, that's insanity. Like, that's the type of talent that's just like, all right, you put this on – on a movie, no one will ever believe it actually happened. <laughs> right. Mm. It's interesting you say that, Drew, because golf, there's a lot of legends and lore about it. Uh, kind of similar to baseball in the sense that the sport is so old and a lot of it wasn't televised. You know, going back to the Masters, was that Gene Saracen shot her around the world, was on the second mm-hmm. Masters, you know, gets double eagle on 15. If that doesn't get picked up by the newspapers or anything, maybe there's not a Masters the year after, or maybe they don't make yeah. it through World War II or, or, or whatever it is. So uh, there's a lot of hit stories you hear from Bobby Jones, Walter Hagen, even the early days of Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicklaus and, you know, all that stuff. So there's, there's a lot of lore behind it, which is true or not. I don't know. As time goes on, they seem to get more exaggerated, but that's a really interesting point about that. So going off that same theme, uh, I do think there's a lot of similarities between, like, baseball and golf and the lore behind it, the history behind it, kind of the quote-unquote love of the game, you know, if you will. And I think that transcends to the movies we make about them as well because we either make movies that idolize and romanticize the history of that sport, like uh, The Greatest Game Ever Played or like The Natural for baseball or for love of the game, like baseball, or uh, we make movies that kind of like poke fun at them like Happy Gilmore or Caddyshack or like Major League, you know, that kind of thing. So I think that those have a lot of parallels in just the his, the historicness. Is that a word? I don't know. Historicity uh, of the <laughs> sport. And yeah, look, Google me. I, I guarantee you <laughs> historicity is a, is a word. Um, no chance. <laughs> oh, if it's not, I'm calling the dictionary people. Uh, it should be, yeah, thank you. Uh, uh, of that sport, or people are poking fun at that sport because it is so historic. Uh, I don't know. Do you any thoughts on that, or am I just spinning my wheels? Around? I I think there's also like a certain level of prestige that golf brings. That's kind of fun, fun to turn on its head. You know, golf kind of has a reputation of being a little stuffy. And so it's kind of easy to poke fun sure. at that, um, like uh, Caddyshack or Happy Gilmore. I mean, obviously those are very uh, not not disrespectful, but like what's what's that what's that comedic term? Irreverent. Like, irreverent. Yeah, for something that you're supposed to almost hold sacred sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when uh, <laughs> when Rodney Dangerfield turns around and goes, "Hey, everybody, we're all gonna get laid." You're like. <laughs> not supposed to be said at a golf course <laughs> or uh, his, but it makes me laugh every time <laughs> his golf bag has like a boom box built in with a yeah. cooler that shoots out <laughs> yeah. uh, and i'm sorry i know that we're talking about golf movies and i've derailed this twice now but this i just thought of something when you said that and i had no idea it was from i was just watching tv and i saw a i saw a, a highlight of two dudes on the green and like took their shirt off and like one of them like 
chugged a beer and like threw it down and the crowd went like crazy. Was that from a movie or did that actually happen in real life? I this bet was like that, a month ago. I bet that happened at the Waste Management Open. The, is that a thing? Yes. The waste okay. Management? That was um, that was on 16. Who was that? Was that Harry Higgs? Was it Harry Higgs I from Dallas? It was, it was Harry Higgs and Joel Damon. Yeah. We're on the 16. I just know that when I saw this on TV, I was like, I don't know if this is a scene from a movie, no. but they're trying to make it look like it's on ESPN, or if this is really happening, because that's so, not golf. So there's one, so one tournament in Arizona. Uh, Have you so, been? Uh, so this one tournament in Arizona. No, I, I haven't been to it. Uh, but this one tournament in Arizona, they try to make it as like a crowd favorite as possible. So there's like one hole that's entirely encapsulated by grandstands, like three stories high. And oh, wow. everybody just chugs beer because they want to stay out of the heat of Arizona. And if somebody makes a hole in one, they just start throwing beers like at the Whoa. people. And they made like two in that tournament this year. And it's like a very like rowdy atmosphere. It's very like, over the top and they want it that way they're trying to like encourage you know hmm. it's the people to get major. a little of the stuffiness out of the game and yeah it's the people's it's the people's major well i apologize for dealing this again but i was i was googling i was trying to find what movie it was and then when i i was like i think no. this might have actually happened but it like did. i don't think you're supposed to do that it's so real life I, I was very confused uh, but drew i know i've derailed you three times now so i apologize where, where did you want to start uh, no, I, I thought we'd just maybe go through and everybody, if you have a favorite golf movie, you know, that sticks out in your head, um, let's, you know, mention it, let's talk about it. Uh, the other thing, like, as we're going through, if you guys have any favorite golf scenes that have happened in a movie, uh, maybe bring those up as well. Because golf sometimes is not a provocative enough uh topic to make an entire movie about but it's good <laughs> enough to slip in every now and then you know like a yeah. water volleyball scene in uh meet the parents uh <laughs> it really defines the movie but that's you wouldn't call meet the parents a water volleyball movie you know right <laughs> thought you were gonna um, say the volleyball scene from top gun also that yeah. also yeah. that uh, I think but, that's the reason a lot of people went to see the movie yeah. was that scene it's not a volleyball not movie the purpose it is an, air, it is an air force movie but it's not yeah it's an important scene uh but but Scott, I guess well, you're the guest. We'll start with you. Do you have a favorite golf movie of all time that stands out? Yeah, great question. So, I I might be a bit more of a golf traditionalist. I really do like the greatest game ever played. But also like because I'm a golf nerd, and really in the last, I've always liked the movie. But really in the last few years, I've kind of dove a little bit more into the history of golf. So like learning more about Francis, we met himself just as a person, Bobby Jones. Uh, even Harry Varden, it's just I, I like that stuff and just realizing how big of a deal that U.S. Open really was for Francis. We met it was massive. Like this, mm-hmm. it's one of the it's probably one of the more underrated events in golf history. I would say so. That's why, and I think they did a good job of telling the story of him as an amateur beating the professionals. And like really cool camera work of showing him hitting the ball and then falling it in the air. Yeah. And even like a like a, an example of a camera view from the bottom of the cup, seeing the ball go in, like that's just different. I hadn't mm-hmm. really thought about that stuff before. So that I was I personally would say the greatest game ever played. But outside of 
but probably the other one would be Happy Gilmore, just because Drew knows this, but I'm a big quotes guy. I love, like, The Office, <laughs> Parks and Rec. Like, I love quotes. And, like, hearing – I just imagine, like, man, you eat pieces of for breakfast from <laughs> – you know, like, it's <laughs> things like that. Or it's like, well, and then Chubbs with his hand. It's just – I they're yeah. so quotable. So Happy Gilmore and Greatest mm-hmm. Game Ever Played, probably my two. I- I don't think I've ever played a round of golf without hearing somebody yell, go to your home ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I, I also love the greatest game ever played. I think it's a great one. Uh, little fun fact. I actually am coaching a kid right now with the last name we met and I haven't fact checked him, but he tells me he's like the great, great grandson of Francis. We met. Wow. Very Uh, uncommon last name. It's not like I agree. Jones is, or Smith. Is he good at golf? He's good at football. That's all I really <laughs> care about right now for him. So y'all have uh, a good sure golf game. Y'all have a good team over there, Drew. That's a uh, yeah, yeah. It's we're, tough to make that top our, five. Yeah, we're doing our best. Uh, the greatest game ever played, obviously, has Shia LaBeouf. You know, as a, a young Francis we met. Uh, and also, then, Stannis Baratheon. I was gonna say the other guy from <laughs> no way. Uh, Game of Thrones, um, okay. pre Incredible. his Stannis Baratheon fame. Uh, couldn't tell you his name to save my life. There's just I got Stannis. nothing. It's Stannis. How much money Let's do you think Stannis. he's made off Game of Thrones? And like we all know who he is, but we don't know his name. Nah, no. Uh, he's he's a perfect oh that guy character. Because uh, from now on, when you see him, you'll be like, oh, it's that guy from the thing, Game of Thrones. It's Stannis. His name is Stannis. Uh, but, so you're uh, telling me this is a true story? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This okay. actually happened. Okay, cool. So okay, so this sounds like one I'd be interested in. Because like Tin Cup, there's not enough money in the world anybody could give me to make me watch Tin Cup all the way Boo. through. <laughs> but I, I might be in on the greatest game ever you played. Just, I might try to find that one. You're just mad because you grew up in an anti-Costner household. Yes. <laughs> and you're, I don't like golf. You're just yes. jaded. Give it a chance. Has Costner been in too many sports movies? Yes, 100%. Not enough sports movies. <laughs> no. He's been in far too many. Okay, I'm going to give... Uh, by the way, his name is Stephen Delane. Maybe. Wow. I heard Stannis. I don't know about y'all. I heard Stannis <laughs> Delane. Stannis. But uh, I might give that. Uh, I might give the greatest game ever played. I'm. Uh, I'm had, interested. You've intrigued me. I have no idea it was directed by Bill Paxton. That's incredible. Oh, I, I didn't know he I was a director. Either. Yeah. Well, that's good a fun fact good, for you. Good on him. Uh, so, Drew, while while you're uh, bringing this up, do you have a favorite golf movie that sticks out to you? Yeah, I feel embarrassed that I too share my favorite. I feel like we all have said the the greatest game ever played uh but i guess we've also said there's not very many other serious ones to to take from and uh cards on the table i'm not a huge caddyshack fan i came to that one pretty Mm. late to the game and uh didn't really have a bunch of people to talk with it about so i was just kind of like oh okay but uh i do love happy gilmore as well but the greatest game ever played is definitely the golf movie for me i love that montage of i don't know how uh, realistic it is of the old man kind of fixing Shia LaBeouf's swing out just in a barnyard. Um, <laughs> and that movie does a really cool job of like putting you into the perspective of a player in a high stakes event trying to block out the crowd. And it does that 
Um, Scott, you've mentioned kind of the cinematography of the movie a couple times, but that's some really cool shots in that where all the crowd fades away. Yeah, it just and, melts away. And Stannis goes back to his home, uh, kind of keeps coming back to this, this scene of these old, um, stuck-up, rich, you know, gentlemen who are kind of judging him while he's practicing his swing. And I think it does a really cool job of kind of, you know, bringing the history of that kind of of golf to the the movie while kind of overcoming that and it's kind of a cool message along with a great story it's it's like the rudy of golf movies i don't know is that fair to say is that negative is that is that bringing the greatest <laughs> game ever played down is rudy still a really positive thing to, to, to <laughs> aspire to i don't know that's where i thought growing up yeah I, I think it's the underdog story you know the come from behind uh one of the things you said in there about you know Stephen Delane. I'm going to keep calling him Stannis. Uh, <laughs> Stannis's character and how, uh, you know, dealing with the gentleman and the stuffiness and the exclusivity of golf in general. Uh, I, I actually think that's one of the things I really appreciate about golf movies is this trying to branch out from golf being this exclusive game and bringing it to everybody. Um because for the longest time, it very much was an upper crust, you know, gentlemen only, men only, white people only kind of a game. And it's taken a long time for golf to, to uh, relinquish some of those requirements. And then even after they do, to really get accepted on the other end. And I think movies do a really good job of trying to disseminate that information and make it approachable to everybody and i think you know we do it in different ways we've talked about it several times but greatest game ever played does a great job of showing young amateurs and young people like hey this is what you could do um and movies like caddyshack uh show that hey it doesn't have to be so stuffy right like Mm. it doesn't have to be this way we can make it more fun um, so don't be so nervous about it. Like we we can do this thing. Uh, two other things I wanted to mention about the greatest game ever played before we we ho- I, I lose my turn. Um, but those are great points, Crawford. Uh, I love the commentary on the the third person and the kind of trio of finalists. Um, I can't remember who he's supposed to be in real life, but you have Francis we met Harry Varden and the other guy, and I love. Ted Ray. I think Shia LaBeouf's... Is that who it is? Yeah, Ted Ray. Okay. Ted Ray's... the How they talk about his play style of golf, which is he hits terrible shots, and then he has one or two really great recovery shots to make up all of the terrible tee-offs he has. I think that's a really funny um, character trait to have in a golf movie. It, it separates him as a different play style and well, some of us actually play like that so, uh, <laughs> and it's very relatable also ted ray is my spirit animal <laughs> it really is it, it really allows me to relax a little bit more on the on the golf course if i have a bad swing so i'm like you know what ted ray what would ted ray do <laughs> but uh wwtrd um <laughs> the the other thing that really stands out to me is one scene when Shia LaBeouf's golf ball is behind another golf ball on the green. The and he pulls out, Yeah, he pulls out his, his sand wedge, I think, 
and chips it over. Like, I, I can't remember how old I was when I watched this movie, but it was right when it came out, so 2005. And my brain exploded when he grabbed a sandwich on the green. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so smart. And the fact that it works and then doesn't because it bounces out is a beautiful little extra layer to the scene of like, he was smart enough and talented enough to do it, but it just kind of didn't work out for him. And I thought that was a beautiful kind of development in the movie. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, you know, you guys have all three talked about the greatest game ever played now, um, which is a movie I have not seen. But I, I'm probably going to look it up after this. I'm going to see if it's streaming somewhere. Y'all might have... Y'all might have gotten me when you brought up Stannis Baratheon. Um, I'd like to point you guys to the greatest movie ever made. Uh, Scott, do you know what the greatest movie ever made is? Oh, man. I'm going to say Happy Gilmore. And I hope uh, I'm going oh. listen, listen, you can't say... <laughs> the it, other if, you find a, if you find a way to bring Reign of Fire into this movie... Oh, I'll no, better. My mind. Oh, okay. Better. Armageddon. Oh my the, uh, god! The first scene after the comet hits the uh, the dinosaurs, uh, <laughs> he is Bruce Willis on an oil rig hitting golf balls at uh, protesters that are on a boat uh, trying to get onto the oil rig. So that counts for me. <laughs> Greatest movie ever has a golf scene, and uh, that is my favorite. Followed closely behind, what I think well, I think one golf scene that most people forget about. Space Jam, uh, when Bugs Bunny's got the, he's got the magnet and he's mm-hmm. dragging it into the hole. I mean, I, I mean, I know you guys talked a lot about golf and you brought up a lot of good points and backswings and par and stuff. But I brought up Armageddon <laughs> and Space Jam, so I, I don't think we're keeping track of points, but I, I think I'm in the. No, way. Kyle, for half a sec, <laughs> I thought you were going to bring up Pearl Harbor and how they're on the golf course whenever the planes are. Flying oh over, no! So. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that no. didn't come up. <laughs> One, but uh, both Ben Affleck movies. That's so right. The goat. I do love. I do love when uh, in Space Jam they like cut back randomly to the golf course like an hour later, and Newman is just digging <laughs> it up, just trying to. It's like that's one of my favorite little funny cuts. That's. Uh, but I also think one of the the funniest fixing a, fixing divot. a divot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also think one of the little funniest uh, golf scenes in a movie. And some of you may not have seen this, but welcome to Mooseport. Never seen it. Uh, with Gene Hackman and Ray Romano. And uh, Ray Romano's, like, running for... Or Gene Hackman, like, used to be, like, I don't know, some kind of senator or something. Now he's running for mayor in this, like, local thing. This, like, small town. Ray Romano is, like, the... Uh, runs the home improvement store there and is, like, the town favorite. It starts running against him. They play golf together, and it's got one of the funniest golf scenes where uh, Gene Hackman negotiates that he gets a shot and a throw on that hole. And Ray Romano's like, I mean, whatever. Like, that's fine. Gene Hackman, like, shanks one into the woods, and he goes, just give it a second. The monkeys will throw it out. His uh, Secret Service finds the ball and throws it out of the woods back into the fairway. And he's like, no, there you go. And then Ray Romano tees up and he's like ready to do it. Then Gene Hackman walks over, picks up his ball and throws it into the woods. And he goes, I said I got a throw. I didn't say which ball. (laughs) And it's just, it's one of my favorite scenes in like a movie nobody has ever seen. Uh, Yeah, that's a first for me hearing that one. But yeah, it's it's a great little golf scene. 
uh, in a movie. But I, I do think that my favorite golf movie of all time uh, is probably Ten Cup. <laughs> wow. I, I want to I wanna say Caddyshack. But as listeners may know, I'm I'm a very like topic ad- adjacent pointer outer, and <laughs> Caddyshack feels like a very golf adjacent movie. the The movie is not about golf. The movie's about being around a country club. Is that yeah, movie about anything? Country club. Yeah, that movie's about being around a country club, right? And and mm. they get into a lot of golf topics and things like that. Uh, it's also the most quotable movie ever i probably quote it once every 30 hours um and it, it's probably a problem in my life most of my co-workers hate it uh, but <laughs> i think t- me and kyle both hate it <laughs> <laughs> but i think tin cup is probably my favorite go-to golf movie uh it's always on golf cost as it should be yeah. it only there's as only five so. other options apparently. <laughs> they had to yeah so the the other movies that we haven't talked about, uh, and correct me if if I'm leaving something off, listeners at home, correct me if I've left something off. But the only like real golf movies I have for us to talk about are Tin Cup, The Greatest Game Ever Played, Happy Gilmore, Caddyshack, The Legend of Bagger Vance, uh, which I also think is a fantastic movie that almost made it on my my favorite, and then Seven Days in Utopia. Uh, with that guy who learned how to Tokyo drift, um, <laughs> he learned how to Tokyo drift his his putter. Oh no! I was gonna ask about the Legend of Bagger Vance because that is that's uh, Will Smith and Matt Damon, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard of it. I don't. I know I've never seen it. Uh, they were doing some like clip at the Oscars of I don't know what it was, but I saw Will Smith as a caddy walking with Matt Damon for like a split second. I was like, I I might be into that. I didn't know what it was though. Uh, so is that worth my time? Well, I got a quick question before you, and because uh, I thought about the Legend of Bagger Vance, does the Will Smith slap change your view on the Legend? Of <laughs> no, not a, not one bit. Not one bit. Okay, because I know it was a, again a while ago. It's been. I feel like it's been a while since a, a golf movie has come out. Like Happy Gilmore is in the '90s. Caddyshack was in the '70s. Um, mm-hmm. Tin Cup was probably '90s, if I'm not mistaken. So it's it's been a minute. Oh, yeah. Bagger Vance was early aughts, if I'm not mistaken. So, it's yeah, a so. weird movie. I don't, I don't. Yeah. I've only seen it like once, and it's and it's been a while, so I can't really talk about it too too much. But like, just hearing, I know there's one scene where Will Smith is like, and he's trying to get Matt Damon in the zone, right? Or it's it's like, hey, you need to be to quote Caddyshack, be the ball, Danny, right? It's yeah, it's <laughs> you're not being the ball, Danny. Yeah, What's a little hard with you, you drugs, Danny. Like there you go. It's just Caddyshack. No, it's <laughs> it's a weird movie. It's a very it's kind of a cerebral movie, if I'm not mistaken. So okay. I, I wasn't that yeah. big of a fan. Yeah, I think part of the reason it's fallen out of uh, grace and and public eye, Will Smith just like walks out of the fog, or he like walks out of the night one night why Matt Damon is like trying to hit balls on the range. He's like, what are you doing out there? I could have killed you. And he's like, nah, the way you were shanking it, I figured if I just walked straight towards you, you'd never hit me. So, uh, and then, and then at the end of the movie, he just like disappears. He just like is gone again. He's like top Matt Damon, how, how to be good at golf and how to be a better person. And then he's just mystically gone again. Um, which is like kind of fun and mysterious, but also, you know, has some 
you know, stereotypes that go along with that. that Doesn't age well. Kind of snub their nose out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His whole character character arc is around whether or not Matt Damon can hit the golf ball well, um, and then he's gone out well, of the movie magically. It, it's about if Matt Damon can hit the golf ball well and be a good person. Yeah, the ending right? is so very like, weird. The reason he like disappears into the night at the end is because Matt Damon calls a penalty on himself that nobody else would have called, and and the, his opponents are like don't call it on yourself man like it didn't happen like it's totally fine and he's like no i have to do it and he ends up losing the tournament because of it spoilers i just said i was thinking (laughs) (laughs) this movie came out 22 years ago and i've avoided spoilers for that long oh man break uh but and then shut up and then will smith sees that he's like oh he's a good person now so i can leave and you know like let him be the good person on his own it's like all right well it's kind of weird, but um, it is it is a very fun movie. Uh, the The character dynamics between Matt Damon and Will Smith in that movie are are very fun. Uh, I I think it's a fun watch and a good watch, uh, so I recommend it if you haven't seen it. Um, well, if you haven't seen it, you know how it ends now. So oh come on, thanks for that. Not even a spoiler alert. Well. Yeah, the movie came out 20 years ago. Asshole. So, <laughs> so Drew, I kind of want to piggyback on something else you said real quick about movie scenes, about golf ones. I'm going to oh, actually yeah. pick on a TV show. And when in doubt, it is my go-to TV show episode. Oh, I it's think It's in I know the what it top is. three to five, I would say, of all time. The golf episode and Entourage. Entourage. When Tom yes. Brady is there <laughs> and Johnny Drama is like, oh, what is this? Tom is this custom when he's trying out the shaft, hits yeah. his ball, just snaps, hook it, and then just breaks the shaft on it. It's an entire episode. It's not really like about golf, but it takes place on the golf course. But Mark Wahlberg's in it. Tom Brady is in it. And then you got Turtle being like, I got to tell Tom Brady he sucks balls because I'm a Giants fan. Like, that's just, <laughs> that's funny to me. And, and then um, the actor from I don't know his name, but he's on. He's the dad on Arrested Development. You know, he's on there and he's yeah. playing golf with Ari Gold, and his kids are just like terrible human beings. But he's Jeffrey like, Tambor. Yeah, he keeps he Thank keeps you. knocking in the water too. And Ari, Entourage does a really good job because I think the writers are big golfers. Is that they periodically will have a golf episode, maybe once a season. Most notably, as well, later on, Phil Mickelson is in oh yeah is in entourage and like johnny drama one time is like man i'm collapsing like phil at wingfoot right now just it's <laughs> the, <laughs> the one-liners there are just so great so yeah golf episode entourage it's i believe it's season six if i'm not mistaken because that's when ian sloan are kind of like in their little tip there so yeah yes entourage golf episodes are great and then alan the president of wb like dies on the golf course playing with phil mickelson it's just outrageous yeah, yeah. Johnny Drama slicing it and then blaming it on the club. Yeah. Tom Brady <laughs> handing him his club, and he's like, "Oh, what is this custom? Oh, this feels great." Slicing it again and then breaking it over his knee. Yeah, or even Johnny <laughs> Drama trying to ask for shots on the first tee when he's like, he's like, "Oh, yeah, I'm on a I'm on a regular TV show now, man. I don't have time to play golf." And then Mark Wahlberg is just striping it down, and he's like, "All right, we're playing thousand dollars a hole." It's like, whoa, easy drama. <laughs> like, it, here's the thing too that works out because there's 
Everybody knows a golfer like that. The person is like, oh, man, I just haven't played in a while or the sandbagger or whatever you want to call it. And I feel like drama just kind of encapsulates all of it in one person and just makes <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's man. awesome. There, there are a lot of golf stereotypes out there. You know, the guy that's, you know, the loud golfer. And I don't even mean voice. I mean, he shows up in like the the plaid pleats you know the very rodney dangerfield type <laughs> character from caddyshack you know he shows up and he's like whoa i'm making a big deal and everybody look <laughs> at me it doesn't matter if he's good at golf or not you know then you've got the guy who's actually good at golf but like is you know really downplaying it uh then you got the guy who just wants to play for money and like <laughs> and, and, and then you have the alcoholic like, yeah, then you got the guy who, who like, every time he sees the cart girl is like, I need two shots, uh, I then need a styrofoam cup full of tequila, and then I need six beers in the cooler. And she's like, I'm going to be back in three holes, and he's like, I plan on that. So, like, yeah. just, this is for the next hole. It's like the Wolf of Wall Street. I want drinks every three minutes until one of us passes the F out. <laughs> The, the other one that gets a, that gets to me is the golf coach when you're just out with your, your friends on a, a weekend tea time. They're like, oh, you know what you're doing wrong there? I can tell you what you're doing wrong oh, there. Oh, like, yeah. No, I, I'm just going to – I just want to play. No, 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 no. See, if you if you hit your swing like this, it's going to be way better. Trust me, trust me. And then it gets uh, in my head. I don't know. So going off that, I, I want to ask – and you guys may not have answers to this. We can cut it in post if we need to, but – is there a most relatable thing that's happened in a golf movie that you can see and be like, yep, I could totally see myself doing that, or I totally, like, yeah, like, I get it. Like, that that's me to a T. Uh, I, I have it, both a non-golf movie golf scene and also a, a relatable moment, which there's a really cool Netflix documentary series um, oh, I'm going to have to look it up. But it essentially follows the greatest losers. I think it's just called Losers. Oh, yeah, it's just oh. called Losers. Yeah, okay, good. On uh, on Netflix, not The Losers, which is a great comic book movie, but Losers, which follows some of the greatest sports losses, um, people known for losing in sports. And one of them is Jean, Jean Vandeveld. Yep. I may be pronouncing that really wrong. But he was like six strokes in the lead coming into the last hole and then shanks like essentially seven shots in a row to lose yeah. it. He hit his first one in the water and instead of taking the drop and then like yeah. hitting it up, he was like, I'll just play it out of the water. Plays it out <laughs> of the water. Doesn't actually do it. You know, takes his uh -huh. shoes off the whole thing. Then he takes the drop. Then he shanks it. Then he two putts and he ends up going to a playoff which yeah. and then he loses it in the playoff and it's like dude what are you doing it's one of the most uh, like climactic anticlimactic moments like it's so bad that it becomes climactic again because yeah. he could have just taken his seven iron and just hit it five times onto the green and been just fine but he he drives it like I said, into the water, and then it just goes downhill from there. And that's what I feel like my golf game is a lot of the time. <laughs> this could be an urban myth, but I've I've heard that he has played that hole again with only his putter and made <laughs> and made a six. The 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 like he would have won it if he just played it with only his putter. 
And it's like, oh, that sucks, that's, dude. That's awesome. That uh, real the, the sucks. Do- the Doggy series does a great job of like giving those all of the the characters each episode is based on a redemptive arc, and like he has become like a really great golf coach to the French population as a whole. Like he brought golf to France, and it's really cool to see that even though, and maybe because of his great loss that uh, his notoriety brought that sport to that whole country. And I think that's really cool. And I think that's a great docuseries, Losers. You should look it up on Netflix. Yeah, you had a three-shot lead going into 18, blew it. If I'm not mistaken, you had to make like a 15-footer to even for triple to get into the playoff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think France has had a major championship winner. I could be wrong on that. Like, I can't think of a good Frenchman that's a golfer right now. I think the they had said like there was one guy who'd won it like once or twice in the forties or something like yeah. that. Yeah, way, way, way back. As my as my coworker like on three on a par said, if they're using hickory shafted clubs, it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Fair I, enough. You guys are on a roll. I just want to point out, I understood. I think eight words out of the whole last. <laughs> but I've had a blast, though. You guys all seem. It seems like it's going well, so I, I think it's good. Uh, I, I just don't have anything to add to this. Although I do think I would relate to Bruce Willis as being the guy on the oil rig hitting balls. Yeah. Be, okay. So I was gonna. The Kyle, three Kyle, what's the there. coolest thing about golf that you like, or a golf movie? Or like, is it a trophy? Is it the Happy Gilmore swings? Or like, what sticks out to you? The coolest thing about golf is getting to smoke a cigar and drink beer while driving a golf cart. Bro, that's what it's all about. And I'm, 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 it's interesting you say that because I was thinking about it. Movies like Happy Gilmore, Caddyshack, those who take the satirical take on golf, it's like they're poking fun at it with a rubber sword. It's not meant to pierce, but it's meant to poke fun mm-hmm. at it. That's almost translated really well to the golf game now, especially through popular golf brands like the Fried Egg, through Foreplay, through No Laying Up. The Drew, to your point, you were talking earlier about bringing golf to everybody. I think those movies really kind of kickstarted that. Everybody wanted to do a Happy Gilmore. Go try it on the range. It's, it's, it, 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 I think if we also like kind of take that approach, because like, yeah, I play golf at a fairly high competitive level, but like I'm out there just, you know, crushing beers with my friends now and we're, you know, loud <laughs> music and it's, yeah. it's kind of, it's made it more relaxing. And I think if we, movies like that are so important because culture in America is a great thing. And those movies can be like, Hey, you can still do those things and still be accepted and have fun playing golf. So that's why I think those movies are really important to for, for a deeper level. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, I, I think that I, I love that. Uh, thank you, Scott, for, for bringing that up. Cause I, Full circle. I think that, yeah. Um, this isn't your first podcast. You know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> It's true though, like because to your point, how many people just went out to a driving range and wanted to try Happy Gilmore? I think I tried every other time still, even though Loki, I, <laughs> I did just get the new TaylorMade uh, Stealth Driver Soft Flex, uh, so I'm not I'm not trying the Happy Gilmore Soft. anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, so but the the club is sick, but yeah, or Caddyshack, just the quotability of it, and I'm man, and I'm thinking about it. I'm longing for a new golf movie. Like, what else is out there? Why haven't we gotten a new one? Yeah, we need we're we're in desperate need for a new golf movie, uh, because you know, and we're talking about you know, the quotability of Caddyshack or you know the relatability of some of these movies. When I think about the scene in Tin Cup where Kevin Costner breaks every club out of his bag because he's so mad, 
uh, and then he just plays with a seven iron and then like a shovel and a rake and a croquet. And it's like, okay, listen, we get it. It's over the top. This would never actually happen. But I've thought about breaking every club in my bag. <laughs> uh, I actually have played one round. I think I was like 12 years old. And I got so frustrated that I couldn't hit anything in the world except my nine iron. I had every confidence in the world in my nine iron. I played an entire like 12 holes with nothing but a nine iron. And my dad was like, whatever. As long as he's like still being competitive, like well, he's staying in the game and he's not crying, whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it'd be like a par five over water. And they're like, what are you going to hit? And I was like, nine iron. And they're like, all right. Just I, try it. We all know that's not the one you use when you hit over uh, water. Nice, Correct. Kyle. Great job. Uh, the y- y'all got me thinking about like the next golf movie, and I think you're right that we- we've bridged golf movies and so far up to this point have bridged the gap between kind of the the pomp and stance of the of a country club golf versus everyday golfers coming to the golf range. Um, I think. And correct me if I'm wrong, or maybe give your own insights, Scott and Crawford. Uh, and Kyle, if you want to derail us, you can also, you're free to as well. Um, but I feel like the next golf movie, maybe, um, I know very little about golf, so correct me if I'm wrong here, but you could do, instead of like amateur uh, versus country club, you could do like the Bryce Chambeau versus um, like the Rory McElroy, like the very textbook great golf swing versus the scientist who has changed all of his golf clubs to be one size and changed his swing and his body so that gained 80 pounds of muscle yeah yeah yeah. and so you can do it that way now that there's a larger majority of the population and culture that understands golf to now talk about different types of golf what do y'all think about those two characters facing off in a movie. Scott. Yeah, it's an Scott, interesting interesting you. point. Um, and now that I'm thinking about it, maybe there's a reason why they're not full-length feature films. A, they're expensive. B, golf is I mean, think about how much it costs to just put on a golf tournament. And yeah, I know they have a bunch of different camera angles and whatnot, but golf, you gotta follow golf balls and be hundreds of yards away. You need all the space, land, you gotta fight the elements in certain <laughs> ways. So um what? I'm sorry, when you said that, I immediately thought of Robin Williams' golf thing where he's like, no, I'll put it hundreds of yards away. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll put a little flag out there to give you hope. To give you hope? Yeah. <laughs> oh, one of the best stand-up bits of all time. If you haven't seen it, Google Robin Williams' golf. It's it's all time. Um, some of the newer golf content that has come out, though, has been ESPN 30 for 30s. So they did the John yeah. Daly one, hit it hard. Or telling his story because he's in a very engaging character. And I don't know if you see this actually on Tuesday, they're coming out with a Greg Norman special about the 96 Masters and his collapse. Ooh. Yeah. Very interesting. So maybe maybe that's more of an approach. Or if you want to do like a mini series of some sort, or more of like more more documentary styles. Cause I think to you, we were talking about it earlier, Drew, which actually brings me to another question I, I would want to throw out to the pod. If you're going to do a movie about that, about like comparing golfers and whatnot, you really got to have people who are at least scratch golfers, I would assume, because you can't necessarily fake that type of approach to the game. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're going to have somebody be the mad scientist, they also got to look the part. That's why I think the comedy 
scene works well because Happy Gilmore is just outrageous. The Caddyshack approach was just funny. It's it, and Roy McAvoy, like in Ten Cup. Do you think he has a made like do you, like do you believe Kevin Costner could go play in the U.S. Open? Like, eh, may probably yeah. not. So that's why it's like they gave them the approach of the common man driving range so yeah like i would love to see you know how they've done so many movies on steve jobs there's been like a billion and one movies on steve <laughs> like i think the golf equivalent of that would be tiger woods you do a movie on tiger yeah, woods yeah. who's growing up but you you need an actor who can i need to believe that they're tiger woods actually play yeah. him yeah. correct but there's only one guy who swings that way there's only one person who's just an absolute killer that way they could probably portray him off the course but on the course he can't fake that and that's where i think the, the yeah. problem is i know nothing about golf but i was when you asked that question i was like the next one's gonna be tiger's biopic whenever he signs off on that thing being made yeah but i don't know if he'll ever sign off on it being he, made because he has one on hbo Max. well he wasn't well, a, part got of a that. documentary yeah it's a documentary yeah okay. uh, but then but what i just thought of uh you guys have heard of agbo productions um, it's the Russo brothers and Marcus and McFeely, the writers of the Captain America trilogy and Infinity War and Endgame. They have a production company called Agbo, and they do a 48-hour film festival where they will post a uh, they will post a prompt, and you have 48 hours to turn in a three-minute film <laughs> about that prompt. And that's coming up in the next like two weeks. So I want to throw this idea out there: if we want to get three under par and not the podcast together, not the podcast user together. I say whatever the prompt is, we figure out a way to make it a golf movie. Wow. And we <laughs> make this movie in 48 hours. We send it off to Agbo. We see what happens. I'm in. So uh, that was, that was, that's my two cents. That's all I'm bringing to the rest of this, I think. Well, so actually, I would love to hear y'all's take on this. If you were to make a movie about professional golfers, what actors do you think could pull off a professional mm. golfer in terms of their look, style, golf swing? Because you kind of hear – some guys will like resolve their scheduling shooting times around their tee times as well. It's kind of like baseball yeah, players. Yeah. If pitchers aren't pitching, they're playing golf. So with yeah. Samuel <laughs> Jackson has uh, has it in his contract every movie he does that he gets to play golf like three yeah. or four times a week. And like that. I can think of but one. Mark actor. Wahlberg is like the Bryson DeChambeau type, I would think, dude who can pack it on. Yeah, I was about to say Mark Wahlberg would be my guy. I would pick to be a professional golfer just because I know he's a scratch. But I don't know if there's anybody uh, else who you can think of. I, I, I would know. pick uh, Bill Murray to be maybe the, like, old, <laughs> you know, I'll teach you how to do something and then, like, be the, oh, I can't believe you couldn't figure that out on your own kind of a, you know, coach. Because I know that he plays golf and he has his own golf apparel line, uh, which, if you've never seen his logo, is hilarious. It's a silhouette of him throwing a golf club. <laughs> and it is hysterical. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I, I think I'd maybe pick him. Uh, actors I know who have, like, their shooting schedule is around their golf. Um, their tee times have been Joe Pesci. And then also Donald Faison talks a lot about his golf game um, of Scrubs fame and Clueless fame and also, you know, a bunch of other things for the Titans. Um, but he's supposedly a pretty good golfer. So I would probably put him on the, the lead of, if we can get anybody... Donald Faison would be my the lead of my golf movie. I like it. And I would love that. <laughs> and uh, you'd also have to have Zach Braff. I don't know if he plays be golf. The caddy. Yeah. But yeah, he, that would be perfect. He would wow, be the caddy. Yes. Eagle. So. <laughs> and when he makes Donald, an eagle, yes, when he makes an eagle, yes. they can eagle on the fairway. Yes. yes. 
I would love to. Oh, I'd love perfect. to see Zach Galifianakis as a caddy, because he would be like the. Oh yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, if he's like Alan from The Office, imagine if he's your caddy. Like that would. <laughs> no, or, yeah, what I said, The Office. I Alan would, from The Hangover. Sorry, Alan yeah, from The Hangover. Yeah. If he's your caddy, would, that would be incredible. Yeah. I would go the other way and do Michael Caine as my as just my mentor <laughs> caddy. <laughs> I failed you. If he if he doesn't win the tournament, he could just have this same exact monologue from <laughs> Dark Knight Rises. I feel like I feel like if Roy McAvoy is hitting all those balls in the water, I could just see Michael Caine being like, "Some men just want to see the world burn." Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I I think somebody that it could be somebody that is not actually good at golf. I have no idea if they could actually swing or not. But would be the person that was like, will zoom in on their face and then let you think that they're swinging a club. Uh, would be, um, Tom Holland. Uh, I think that he's got a face for golf, if that makes sense. Hmm. Is that because I don't know. I ask any questions about. I but I don't want to know any more about why you think that. I, all right. I want to let right. that one just lie. <laughs> all right. Perfect. For some reason, um, I'm trying to imagine him doing like three somersault backflips after he hits a driver. And I feel like that's the golf movie Tom Holland makes. He, <laughs> the Spider-Man golf. Spider-Man as a golf movie. Now, superhero, a Marvel golf movie. I'm sorry. I'm going way tangent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're going out. I, I love it, though. Um, I would think Captain America Tony, would be the best golfer of the Marvel universe. Oh, my gosh. He is a scratch golfer if I've ever seen one. <laughs> He's a dancer. Uh, <laughs> if Hulk could drive and then Bruce Banner could putt, uh, if they could work that deal out, wow. uh, that that might be an unstoppable combo. Who's got a better golf team, Marvel or DC? Go. All right, we're, it always comes back to superheroes. Yeah, we're we're derailing here. Uh, okay, before, before we'll talk after the pod, before the de-escalation goes any farther, I uh, just want to thank Scott Terrell for being on the show tonight. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your golf uh, prowess with us. Do you have any closing statements you'd like to make? to not the podcast you deserve and our uh, adoring fans out there. No, thank you for the invite on. As I said, I, I am a listener of not the podcast you deserve because I feel like I don't deserve it, but I'm grateful. And so that's why I listen. <laughs> and especially since with the newborn on the way, like I got some backlogged episodes too that I need to come in and listen on. And as uh, Kyle mentioned, maybe that's the time to revamp the podcast too. do my editing skills. You're about to have a lot of sleepless nights. So there's a lot of time for you to get some editing done, maybe get, knock out some ideas for future uh, episodes. And I would just say start start writing some like you know opening scenes uh, that we could you know transform to whatever the Russo brothers put out for the <laughs> so we can get this movie done, this three minute movie. Get all all the guys from Three Under Par. Let's get it done. I love it. And then when y'all actually do uh, get back up and running, let's do this again soon because this was lots of fun. I didn't know what y'all were talking about, but I had lots of fun. So <laughs> thanks again for coming. Yeah. On, well, thank y'all again for the invite. This is a blast, and uh, we'll we'll definitely have to do it again soon. Perfect. Well, we appreciate it. To all our listeners out there, make sure you tune in to uh, Three Under Par podcast, and then follow them on Twitter as well. If you feel like we missed anything tonight on our golf podcast, uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter at NTPYD podcast or reach out to us at Gmail at NTPYD podcast at gmail.com. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening and we look forward to seeing you on the next one.